This is Dan Fleisch, and this is the 10th podcast for Chapter 1 of A Student's Guide to Maxwell's Equations. The subject of this podcast is the permittivity of free space, epsilon naught, and the relevant section of the text begins on page 18. In Gauss's Law for Electric Fields, the left side of the equation contains an expression that represents the total electric flux through a closed surface. While we've talked about one term on the right side, that is the enclosed charge, this is the other term. This is the constant of proportionality between the electric charge and the total flux through a closed surface. So one way to think about permittivity is this is the term that makes the units balance between flux on one side and charge on the other. But what actually is the permittivity? As it says in the first paragraph, permittivity of a material characterizes the material's response to an applied electric field. Of course, we know how conductors respond to an applied electric field. Charge moves. But in insulators or dielectrics, where charges are bound and not free to move, it may be a very small displacement of charge within the material that determines its response to the electric field. That small displacement can be very important for the electrical behavior of the material, as we'll see in a bit. And the relevant permittivity in Gauss's law for electric fields is epsilon naught. That is the permittivity of free space, or the vacuum permittivity. That's what that zero means. The value for epsilon naught is given to many decimals in the middle of the page. And some students make the mistake of thinking that because Gauss's law involves epsilon naught, it applies only in free space. That's actually not true. Gauss's law, as it's written in this chapter, applies both in free space and in material. However, it's important to note that when you write Gauss's law using this form, you have to consider all the enclosed charge. That is, Q sub ENC must include both free charge and bound charge. To understand how that bound charge responds to an electric field, consider figure 110 on the top of page 19. On the left side of the figure, you see an electric field. There's no dielectric present. Where the dashed line is, there's going to be a dielectric in a minute. And when that dielectric is placed there, as it is in the right side of the picture, within the dielectric, positive charges are displaced slightly along the electric field, and negative charges are displaced against the field. That is in the opposite direction. So the material winds up with charge separation, that is, it becomes polarized. In the case I've shown here, the positive charges tend to line up along the right side, the negatives along the left side. Now, do individual charges really move all the way to the right and all the way to the left? No. They just get slightly displaced from their position, but of course the atom or molecule next to the one you're considering also has its positive and negative displaced, and the one next to that and the one next to that. And the pluses and minuses within the material tend to cancel each other, but on the very edges you get the positives on the right and the negatives on the left. So you now have displaced charges, and of course electrostatic fields run from positive to negative. So those displaced charges give rise to an induced field which points in the opposite direction from the applied field. That means in the case shown here, the total field within the dielectric will actually be less than the applied field. And it's this ability to provide a reduced electric field that make dielectrics so useful in capacitors where they're often inserted to increase the capacitance, that is the ability to store charge, and to increase the maximum operating voltage that can be applied across the plates. You can understand the increased capacitance by looking at the equation just under figure 110 on page 19, which is the capacitance of a parallel plate capacitor. Notice that it's proportional to epsilon, the permittivity of the dielectric between the plates, times A, the area of the plates, divided by D, the separation between the plates. 
the higher the epsilon, that is the higher the permittivity of the material, the more capacitance you get. That means the more coulombs of charge will appear on those plates per volt applied across the plates. You may well run into permittivity given as the relative permittivity as shown in the middle of page 19. That's epsilon sub r, meaning relative, which is just the permittivity of a material divided by epsilon, not the permittivity of free space. So you can think of this as how many times the permittivity of free space this particular material's permittivity is. This is also called dielectric constant, although it's hardly constant. I give some examples there of permittivities that change with frequencies. Most generally, you'll see dielectric constant reserved for the permittivity at or near DC, that is, at very low frequencies. Then there's a final note that permittivity is an important parameter when it comes to determining the speed of light. You'll hear more about that in Chapter 5.